Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. Welcome back to the Pistols Firing Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I've got a a special guest on today. This guy, this is somebody that I've wanted to talk to for a while. Uh, just never had him on, never had time, never worked out. But uh, Marshall Moses, Oklahoma State basketball player from 2007 to 2011. He was an All-Big 12 guy his senior year, really had a great senior year, and uh, has been playing in a variety of countries overseas, mostly in Europe ever since then, played in, in uh, Turkey and a few other places. So we're going to talk to him a little bit about that, a little bit about life post-college, uh, a little bit about his basketball career, um, mostly post-college, but we get into the OSU stuff a little bit. Uh, talk about James Anderson, the TBT team this summer that that he's a part of, the Oklahoma State team. That's, uh, I think it's called the basketball tournament. Uh, I guess if that happens, I have no idea if that's going to take place. But uh, he's he sounds pretty fired up about that, and and then just where the Oklahoma State program is at. You know, it's he was a big part of it for a long time, and I think you can hear uh, just his. His love for hoops and for Oklahoma State just kind of come through in the podcast. So that is – people like that are always really fun to talk to. So I appreciate his time. And, well, yeah, let's get to this week's guest, brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. One other quick note, uh, Carson Cunningham started out on this call. Uh, he – had some te- technical difficulties and dropped out. So you'll actually hear him for the first couple of questions, but then it picks up later on for the last, oh, probably 20 minutes or so with uh, just myself and, and Marshall Moses. All right. Joining us right now is Marshall Moses, Oklahoma State basketball player from 2007 through 2011. Marshall, how you doing first and foremost with all the uh, the crazy pandemic that's going on in the United States? And just give us an update on where you're at, and give OSU fans an update. Um, yeah, uh, first and foremost, hello, everybody. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, you know, staying indoors as much as possible, me and my family as, as everyone else. I think most everyone I know is doing. And, uh, yeah, uh, life has been great. You know, after OSU, I still visit frequently and, and go hang out with the guys. But other than that, I've been traveling and playing mostly in Europe. I've played a few other places, too, mostly Turkey. But I've played in uh, Azerbaijan. I do some things with them. Uh, and on a European scale as well, uh, France, Greece, but mostly Turkey. And, um, uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much what I've been up to uh, as far as the basketball side of things. What is the, uh, what does the quarantine look like, life look like for your family? Is it a lot of board games, a lot of movies? What, what, I know, I know you've got two kids. What's that, what's that been like? Uh, yeah, we usually, we usually play a lot of board games, uh, living in Europe outside of, uh, game days or, on off days when we travel, sometimes we get to travel pretty frequently, but uh, I was telling someone yesterday, you know, we live there. So, it's, you know, you're still living in another country. I don't care how much fun you have. Yeah. Every day, you know, you don't, you still don't speak the language. It's a deal, different lifestyle. And so this isn't uh, too much different than what we're used to besides going, going places freely as we will. But we spend a lot of time indoors, play games, um, 
Reed, my daughter, when we were in Turkey, she went to school in Turkey, and she came home and was homeschooled with a homeschool program from here in the state. So uh, we're pretty well versed as far as, like, coming up with learning things. You know, uh, her school is now in homeschool now, so I help her with her, her classwork uh, while my wife does things with her job. Okay, so I, I want to hear a little bit about, so you're living, it, 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 does it feel like you have a home? Because, it, you know, you're, you're living in Europe and Turkey and all these different places, but then you're also stateside. What what is just like the the yearly routine look like in terms of um, you know traveling and, and where you're act where you where you actually call home? Um, yes and no to answer your question. Um, I feel like I have a home and no, and I say that because I, my home base is in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, we actually have a a, a house there with my wife, and but. We're hardly ever there. As a matter of fact, we have we live in Texas right now. Yeah. And one of my uh, close friends, I see him as family, is kind of, uh, he's living there, getting his life started in Oklahoma. He's from South Carolina, where I'm from. I call South Carolina home because that's where my home base is. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time growing up in North Carolina, so I like to say the Carolinas is home. But no, to answer your question, <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't have a home base, and I, I kind of enjoy it that way. Uh, I've been traveling around, even when I was in high school. My high school story is a little unorthodox you know from my sophomore year on i've been living with my AAU coach i don't come from a broken home or anything like that uh salute to people who help people in that way but my story's not like that my parents are great my home was great it was to give me an opportunity but i say that to say uh traveling around has kind of been most of my life and what i understand and so in a way uh i kind of feel comfortable doing it and i feel like my family has gotten a little comfortable too now as my kids get older i understand that uh the home base is going to be more solidified and that's what we're going to do here in texas but uh, to answer your question, no, I don't really feel like, I feel like everywhere is home. <laughs> <laughs> what was the transition like? So you, you obviously had a great senior year at Oklahoma State, and uh, really the last the last few years were, were pretty good, and, and senior year was awesome. And then you move on, and I know there was probably some talk about, you know, NBA, professional life. What was that transition like to, oh, okay, this, my life is going to look like, playing in the Euro League was it was it weird was it like how did how did all that play out after Oklahoma State uh yeah at first it was very strange um I, I of course played well enough to be considered heavily considered you know I know I'm on the side I know it's some great talent out there but uh like you said I had done some good things and felt like I should be heavily considered that was the lockout year I think that kind of hurt me a little bit um I got injured in the summer and I ended up going to Europe, and that was a tough transition to me at first. The first place I went was Poland, which ironically, I just got back from Poland for something else, and I loved it. But my first experience, I was talking to my wife about the uh, the power of the mindset because up until then, I never wanted to go back to Poland. Yeah. You know, I, was, I never wanted to go back there to play. But I say, you know, what I think it was was the state of mind I was in coming out of college, thinking I was going to be at least uh, a try-to-sneak-in-the-NBA training, training camp guy and – having a daughter, you know, I was having my first kid at the time and trying to figure out life. And so I think that played a part in, in how I saw it. And so I would say, yeah, I would say not not being a pro, but I have a guy in my life, he uh, was the AU coach I live with actually, named Brian Clifton. He said something to me in my European career that I feel like helped change my life, or helped, helped me realize who I am. I was killing in Europe, what I like to say, uh, it's a basketball metaphor, nobody think I'm a bad guy, but I was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I was playing great, you know, some of the best basketball in my life, and I would call him and vent, and I would be like, man, you know, I just don't understand, somebody won't give me a chance, you've got strong NBA connections at the time, he, he was uh, strongly, heavily, uh, John Wall's agent, or in there, Jay Wall was on our AAU team too, and they had something going on in the NBA realm, so I was like, yo, man, can you get me a look? 
And he said, I said, man, I'm just not happy. He said, yes, you are. And I say, I said, what do you mean? He said, you are happy because he said, I see your pictures. I see how you live in life. He said, I, I've, I've worked with enough athletes to know when that hunger you're speaking of having is genuine. He said, you want to play in the NBA, but if it was something that you deeply desire, you'd have been doing the things that we've been asking you to do since college, mm. run the floor, play with more energy. You're content, and there's nothing wrong with that. You're living a great life. You get to travel the world with your wife and kids. People don't get to do that. But don't pretend to have the same hunger as some of the guys that I work with who really are trying to – this is all or nothing. They come from situations where they have no other choice. And he made me realize something right there. So you know what? I, I, maybe, I, maybe I haven't been trying to get to the NBA as much as I've convinced myself that I have. <laughs> and that, so all that ties, I think, ties into the answer to your question, if it does. That's really interesting. And I'm curious about whether that – I mean, was that offensive to you? Because he, he, he's kind of saying – and, and and probably in a kind way, but he's kind of saying like, "Hey, you don't want it as much as some other guys." And I don't. That's exactly what he was saying. That's not a. And, that's not a bad thing. But I'm curious about whether that offended you when when you're trying to make it in Europe. Uh, initially, initially it offended me absolutely, and I think that's the beauty of having people that that you you only can have a few. I don't believe in it could be a million people, but it's a few people in your life that you have that close to give to be that real with you. And, and whether they're right or not isn't isn't the point. It's to tell you how they really feel and what they really see and you, whether you get offended or not, have enough respect for them to not lash out because yeah. that's, this is somebody I have a high, high level of respect for. And he wasn't telling me this to hurt me, although he knew the truth would hurt. And he said, Marshall, you're an amazing talent. When you were at Oklahoma State, some of your biggest games, I remember we played Kansas one time. I remember this vividly, uh, Texas A&M. I got sick. Uh, Roger Dow had a breakout game. That's my man to this day. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a breakout game. And the next game, we played Kansas. And I was still kind of recovering. Maybe the next game or the next game after. We played Kansas at Kansas. But I was still kind of recovering. And we went down there and got and got smacked. And I've always been a team guy. So losing, I don't want anybody to think that I'm a, I'm a self-first guy. I've always been a team guy. I think people who watch me play can see that. But I was proud of the way I responded because I still felt terrible. You know, I felt I – felt, I was like the whole game – I felt terrible, and I went out and I played good by my standards. Now, we didn't win, so it was nothing to brag about. But I was like, man, you finally – and they had the Morris brothers. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, you really, you, you, really, you really stood up to this sickness that you thought could control you. And so I called him. My mom's all proud. Everybody's proud. And so I called him, and um, he's like, yo, you don't run the floor. And I'm like, yo, what are you – I'm like, yo, what are you talking about? I just had 27 and 15. Obviously, we lost by 20, but this is probably the team that's going to win a national championship. We went out and fought. I mean, give, I know we should have won, but come on, give me some credit. He said, I am giving you credit. You, you score some points. You know, you, you have a knack for putting the ball in the basket around the rim. You're left-handed. It's awkward to guard, but you don't run the floor. You're 6'6". Nobody's going to give you a chance at the highest level if you don't run the floor. you got to be an energy guy. Mm. And I think back to things like that. You know what, I'm, you know what I mean? It's like he was right. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't want it as much as I convinced myself I did. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing because, you know, I, I think back to I'm so I'm 35. You're probably a little bit younger than that. And I think back to when I was in college and, and, and even right after college and, you know, people tell you stuff and you're like, I don't know, man, I think I got this figured out. And and then you look back now <laughs> as an adult and you're like, ah, maybe I didn't have it quite as figured out as, as I thought I did back then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What they say, hindsight of twenty twenty, right? Yeah. What what <laughs> I, I, the Euroleague thing? I, I'm really curious because, you know, I've talked to different people about this. I, th I think Doug Gottlieb was the one who said something like, "Hey, you can make a you can make a good living. You can have a nice career in the Euroleague." I, and and I want to know what, in your estimation, is just 
you know, because I think I think people see, oh, you didn't, you know, who, who if you're playing in the EuroLeague, you're playing in Australia, whatever, and, and 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 I think the first thing that people think is, oh, you didn't make it to the NBA. But what is mm-hmm. what is the biggest misconception from people on the outside about playing in these different professional leagues that are not the NBA? Uh, for one, uh, what you just said is interesting. I, you either get get hot or cold. You either get Hey, you're not an NBA. Um, I hear a lot of people just call it semi-pro, especially when I talk to a lot of older people. I think that might be what it is. I don't know, but they're like, um, they're like, where do you play? I'm like, I play in Europe. So they're like, semi-pro, and I'm like, if you want to call it that, but it's, it's professional to me. You know, I got, <laughs> I, I get, have citizenship to another nation, bro. You know, I get like, paid. Yeah, but, yeah, it's like I make money. You know, I got got to come back here and still file taxes. I mean, this is real. But they're like, no, it's semi-pro. But then you'll get some other people who all they hear is professional basketball, yeah. and they say, hey, it's not the NBA, but. It's something amazing, and they don't understand over there. It's various leagues. EuroLeague specifically would be the NBA of Europe. But each nation, each country has an individual league where you compete against the people in that country. And if y'all are qualified, y'all will compete against other countries uh, on different, you know, other countries. So you'll compete against everybody. If I play in Turkey, you play in a league where you compete against everyone in Turkey. Or if you play on a big enough team, you'll compete against France, you'll compete against Greece, you'll compete against. So that's EuroLeague. And so EuroLeague is a lot like NBA if you're in Europe as far you know, that's when the, you see those EuroLeague teams play NBA teams before the season and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Those are the big-time teams. And people automatically assume if you say you play in Europe, you play for one of those teams. Right. And that's not true. It's so many different opportunities. It could be somewhere in between. It could be somebody over there. And I know some guys that I ask my friends all the time, why don't you come back? Why are you still over there playing? They're not paying you anything. Then people say, hey, man, they're trying to aspire to get to where I was making money, and I was not – happy with my set trying to get to your league you right. know what I mean? so right. there's so many different hierarchies of of what's going on that people have no idea about well i think the perception of that is sometimes with americans you look at something like the nfl and that's it right there's no there's no well, you i mean i guess you have the xfl but you can't really go to another league and and play whereas globally with soccer and with basketball you can i mean you, there's so many places where you can you can play mm-hmm and make money and have success. And I don't know. It's, it's a, uh, it, I think it's a cool and, and interesting thing. Who's the best guy, uh, that you've played both against and with post-college. Casper's Kambala is the best player I've played against. I would say he's one of the best players I've ever played against in my life, which is to say a lot. Cause I've played against some good guys and the best player I've played with. Now <laughs> that's tough. Um, and I don't know how far this is going to go. If this link comes out or whatever, I'm definitely going to share and promote this too. So some of these guys may hear this. So I might get beat up if I say <laughs> the uh, the wrong name. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna list some candidates and then I'm gonna go with a pick and I'll tell you why that pick. Okay. Uh, Lee Meyer Goldwire uh, played in the University of Charlotte that I remember. I played with him in Turkey. Um, Reggie Holmes at one point in time he was leading the nation in scoring back before Jimmy Fredette took over that same year. Um. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I, I'm going to just go with my pick. This is too much. I've played with some amazing guys. I'm picking Eric McCollum, C.J. McCollum's older brother. Mm. And I'm picking him because there's some close debatables on, on who I would call better between him or a, a few more candidates. But he's kind of like – you ever watch Family Matters, the TV show? Uh, no. I always call him, I always call him Steve Urkel anyway. <laughs> well, on the show, Steve Urkel used to uh, – he was a genius, a little genius nerd teen kid. But he wanted girls to like him. He wanted the girl he liked to like him. So he created this machine to make him cool. And the guy that he would come out of the machine cool 
that's Eric McCollum, like, as a ball player. Like, I mean, he he just obliterates defenses. He does play defense. He's skinny but block shots. He talks trash. Um, up until this last year, all of his teams won the TBT summer, uh, tournament in the summer, which means he's just making a couple million dollars in the, in the, you know, in the offseason just by being tenacious. Now, he also had great t- teammates, but he was one of the leaders. I mean, everything he touches, he just – He's like the like I see him as like a LeBron James or something of Europe. When he played in China, he had eighty five points, like the scoring <laughs> record. Yeah, like he's just amazing. He's amazing. He's a lot like his his younger brother, but just his, his younger brother is uh bigger, you know, bigger and play a little bit more smooth. Yeah, but uh, they they they're, they're cut from the same cloth for sure. That's awesome. Speaking of the TBT, you guys got a team together. I I, I see right here. It's it looks like Markel, Jeffrey Carroll. LeBron and then uh, Phil Forte, Brian Williams, uh, Thomas DeZagua, Lindy Waters. I don't, I don't know how many guys are going to be added to that, but how excited are you for that? And, and what do you think that experience is going to be like? Uh, I'm excited to play with the guys again, you know, um, and to get a chance to play with some of the younger guys I hadn't played with. Yeah. Um, I've played in the TBT a few times. I think the last time I played, I played with a, a Texas Tech uh team that was put together so people may laugh at that like what but i didn't i wasn't thinking about the label you know they were trying to find some guys it wasn't mostly texas tech guys but they were trying to find some added pieces they thought could help and um uh i played with a team out of ohio two times with a team out of ohio so now to get to do this with my actual oklahoma state fam i think the experience will be great i think we'll have a better chance of winning some games uh not to everybody's gonna be talented but because we'll finally get a chance to do this the right way. I mean, when I say the right way, a lot of teams that I played with before, you know, they just thought I could play. I showed up off a flight. You know, we practiced a couple times, and we go play. And we were pros, so you should be able to do that. But it'd be another thing to connect with my bros, and we'd be in the hotel again like we used to be in college and just hanging out and cracking jokes and playing video games and stuff. I think that thing, those things translate over to the court and are going to make us reminisce back to old times and make us compete hard, I believe. What's, uh, what's James Anderson doing right now? Uh, James is great, man. James, uh, before all of the madness started, he was out in Turkey. James has spent quite a bit of time in Turkey when I was out there, too. Okay. Now, James is a guy who plays uh, EuroLeague. Now, he has played in some uh, first division leagues, too, with some leagues similar to ones that like uh, I've made it to, and uh, Marcus Dove kind of goes in and out. But for, for the most part, James Anderson is a EuroLeague guy. He's the NBA Europe guy in Europe. He won a championship in Lithuania. He's a monster. <laughs> how, yeah, how surprised are you? Because, I, I mean – Man, I, we were looking back recently on we were trying to come up with like the best team from the Eddie Sutton era onward, and you had to pick specific years for different guys. And James Anderson's 2010 year that ended up being our our shooting or our, our small forward or whatever whatever the position was. He was yeah. he was so good in college, and then you look at at his NBA career and you know, he was there for a little bit, but it never really took off. How much, how much does it surprise you when a guy like that, you look at him and you're like, how does he not make it? Well, when I learned that, when I, when I got a little bit more in the professional world and I learned a little bit more of how the NBA works and it's not even a good or bad thing. It's, it's also a business and an investment. Yeah. So I like to look at it as if I'm invested in, a guy like LeBron, I know he's an extreme example, but just, you know, walk with me. He's the best in the world to me. But if, I, if I'm invested in LeBron and another guy shows up and he's just as good as LeBron and almost as good, one would think from a fan perspective, this is great. We have two LeBron-type talents. Mm-hmm. But from an investment perspective, one might look at it as, man, if we have all of our investments in this guy, the merch, everything is geared toward him, and this guy comes and steals the show, 
we may lose we may lose money on what we're invested in or you know that's just a very vague description yeah but it, a lot of times why they say franchise player is for a reason they have these guys to build around yeah and that's not to say james is as good as lebron james i think a lot of times if you're not a peace guy and you go to a team where they either need that or they need a franchise in my opinion james is a, a little in between he's not a franchise guy to me i had never seen him be that on that level but he's for sure not just a you know put him out there and put him in the corner you know he, he got he's got to play he's got to touch the ball yeah he should be involved in the offense so he's not really a role guy, and he's not really a franchise guy. So I think he was at Philly at one point in time, and I think a lot of times people people negate the importance of a fit. And yeah. we just say, man, this guy's got a world of talent. Where to the NBA, that's what they're used to. That's like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you go out and you see the, the prettiest girl ever, and to your favorite actor, that that's his normal setting. That's where he hangs out. Is right. that So it may be different to him. And so I think that's how the NBA looks at how we look at amazing player who played at our university. It's like, man. Why is he not killing it? It's because he's in a he's a, a big fish in a huge pond. Yeah. No, I think you're right about the fit thing. I think you see that over and over, not just in basketball, but um, you know, f- football. Ba- you know, I played uh, a little bit of college baseball, and there were guys that made it that I was like, that guy made it. You know, like he's not even <laughs> he's not even that he wasn't even that good. And then <laughs> and then you turn around and and it's just you know right place right time. The right person saw you. You had a big game at the right moment, and mm-hmm. that's that. You know, and I, I think that's I don't know. That's got to be frustrating on some level for you know everybody that's that's out there trying to make it. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, people. I think athletes alone. Uh, one of the things I talk to young guys I know about that seem to may have a future, whether it's college or you know making some money, is don't negate the business side of it. Yeah. That don't mean you have to be a business guru. Understand that when people say cliche sayings, I always say it's power in the cliche sayings. When people say it's business and not personal, understand what that means because you're headed in a in a the way sports works is is real emotional, and so you can get tricked into thinking it's more than business, and sometimes it is. Um, I love Coach Ford to this day. I got relationships with some of my teammates to this day. But if you don't win, that 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 breaks apart. I don't care how, how much you guys, <laughs> yeah. how much you guys like each other. And so I tell guys, say, hey man, it's about production. I know you're going to talk to Coach, and he's going to give inspirational speeches, and you're going to be all inspired. And all. That's all part of it. That's all part. Of, that's a that's a small puzzle piece to a major puzzle. Don't get caught up in the details. The overall aspect is you have to produce. Period. Yeah. Yeah. They have to produce. Everybody has to produce at some level. Not that they don't like you, but they don't like you that much. They don't like you more than their family. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good line. Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll get you out of here on this. I know I've I've taken a lot of your time, but I'm curious about what your relationship with just the OSU program overall. Uh, Coach Boynton, he's been on he's been on this podcast a few times, and. I think he's just a really interesting person to talk to. So I, I'm, I just want to know, like, what, what's your relationship with him like and with the program and, and where you say, see things headed over the next few years? Um, my relationship with the program is great. Uh, I, I was just uh, down in a game. I think I was down at the Bedlam game mm-hmm. with, with, with my family. And uh, they, they, I mean, it's, it's great. They always show love. Every time I go around, the relationship is great. There's not too much more to say about that. Coach Boynton. Uh, I, I, I love his spirit and how much he's embraced me. You know, uh, he treats me as if I played for him <laughs> when I go around there, man. I mean, really, uh, when people talk about how great of a guy he is, uh, even when I first met him, when he, I think uh, when Coach Coach Underwood came in, yeah. that's when I first met him. 
and uh, people were, people would talk about how great of a guy he is. And, you know, it's one thing to hear. That's what everybody says about whoever's in charge of anything. And so the more and more time I get to be around him and know him, it's almost shocking. No, I'm, I'm not making this up or trying to – it's almost shocking how how good of a guy he is. Like, yeah. he, he, <laughs> like he really treats – treats me like he treats me as if i'm important every time i see him he treats me as if i'm important but if i'm he looks me in the eyes when i'm talking to him and not just look but i can kind of he's paying attention to what i'm saying as if i matter to him he's yeah. got a whole program to run in a life and a family and he doesn't even know me he just knows me as a guy associated with the program who used to play i have no importance i'm not an nba guy i'm not a guy that can help boost his i'm just a guy but he treats me as more than that and and as you can see how I'm talking, I'm a very passionate guy like that. But that means something to me. Yeah. And Coach Boynton, I think, is awesome. And because of that, I think – and not just because of that. He, they can recruit and they get some good guys too. But just the, the the head, you cut the head off, the body falls. And the head guy is headed in the right direction, man. So I think the program is – I can't wait to see what they do. I, I, I put my money on Oklahoma State going further than we've seen them going a long time into the near future. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. Um, well, th- thanks for your time, man. This was this is great. I'm I'm uh, grateful to uh, – got to give a shout-out to Nolan Cox for setting it up. And, uh, Definitely, man. Your Definitely boy. my bro, Nolan. Yeah. Yeah, that's my brother. And, uh, yeah, man, hey, stay safe, uh, stay inside, enjoy the board games, and uh, best of luck in, uh, in the near future. Oh, you too, man. Thank you for having me too. Th- thanks, Marshall. We'll talk to you later, man. Okay, Marshall Moses. We lost Carson uh, at the very beginning there. We we are having all kinds of difficulties with uh, some equipment. So we're working on that. But, uh, yeah, I'm still here. Marshall Moses was great. He's a very – I mean, he said it at the end. He's a very passionate guy. He's very – I think he's a very good describer. Uh, like, he, he's just very good at describing things and telling – like, explaining – how things are. And I don't know. I I was just, I was impressed by that. He, uh, yeah, he's a good dude. He's a great person to have on. He should, he should have his own podcast, man. Maybe he does. I don't know. I need to check that out. Uh, I'm going to be back in just a second with my biggest takeaway from talking to Marshall Moses, but first one more time, Chris's university spirit. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, biggest takeaway from talking to Marshall Moses had to be when his high school AAU coach kind of called him out uh, when he first started out as a pro uh, in Turkey and in different, uh, you know, on different teams in Europe. I think he played in, in uh, Israel and Poland as well. Those are the, the three primary countries that he's been in. But just as his AAU coach from high school calling him out and saying, hey, you don't you don't actually want to be in the NBA. You don't want it bad enough because you're not doing the things that it takes to get there. And I think th- I thought that was very relatable. You know, I, I think sometimes we do this thing where we think about professional sports and it's very unrelatable to a lot of us, right? Like I'm never going to run a, you know, four, five, 40. I'm never going to you know, be able to, 
throw 98 miles an hour. I'm never, you know, all these different things, but the relatability of not doing the things that I need to do to get to the level that I want to be at, that's, that's a very real thing, no matter what profession you're in, no matter what job you're in, no matter what sector you're in. And I thought that was a very mature thing for him to be able to look at and be like, Oh yeah, you're, you're kind of right. And, and there's nothing wrong with not wanting that he's made a good life and he gets to play basketball all over the world into his, I don't know how old he is. I think around 30 into his thirties. And he's got kids who have experienced way more than what my kids have experienced. And, and so that's a, I don't know, that's a real thing, but uh, it's also, you know, not the NBA. And that was just that admission right there. I, I thought told me a lot about who he is as a person and just the way he kind of, uh, accepted that, internalized that, and uh, yeah, and and continued to make a really nice career and and life for himself. So I don't know. That was that was really intriguing, and and there's probably even more there uh, in terms of the way it played out in his head and the way it kind of played out um, in his profession. But uh, that 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 was the thing that uh, the, my biggest takeaway, the thing that stuck out most to me. Okay, that's it for today. We got some more guests later in the week. We got Chad Weiberg, uh, who is the, I can't remember, deputy athletic director, I believe is the the correct term. I will, I promise to look that up before we have him on. He's coming on later in the week. Got a few other guests. Got a, ah, we're working on a, uh, a early 2000s former basketball player guest that I don't want to, I don't want to tease yet, but uh, it'll be good if we get him. It'll, it'll be fun. So. Uh, we're working on that. Uh, we're just going to, we're going to keep cranking these out. You know, it's the, it's been such a weird time the last few weeks, obviously for everybody. And for us, we're trying to crank out content, crank out content. And, you know, we don't, we don't uh, generate more or less revenue based on how many podcasts we produce. But the benefit for us is to just generate some news. You know, nobody else is, nobody else just did 20 minutes with Marshall Moses. Nobody else did 30 minutes last Friday with Joey Graham. And that for us is a, is a benefit because we're able to write stuff about that. We're able to use it as, um, you know, just information and and content that we can write on or talk about or, or whatever. And that's kind of the name of the game right, right now. So thanks to everybody for supporting, for listening. If you have time, uh, rate us on iTunes, leave a review, that is actually beneficial, especially for the future. Um, and yeah, the other thing for us right now, check out our forum. That's where we're all kind of hanging out, trying to get through everything together, talking about recruiting, talking about uh, what next year could look like, both football and basketball, talking about if there even is going to be a next year with both football and basketball. So come join us, forum.pistolsfiringblog.com, or you can click on the uh, the little chamber logo on our homepage. It's at the top right of the homepage. So Everybody should come uh, sign up, check that out, hang with us, get through the coronavirus together. And I hope everybody is staying safe, staying home, uh, getting their uh, their Monopoly and Mousetrap and Sorry and Trouble games in with uh, family, kids, roommates, friends, whoever's at your house. So thanks again for listening. Thanks again to Marshall Moses for coming on. Thanks again to Chris's University Spirit. As always, we're giving away... 
some $50 gift cards to Chris's on Friday in the forum. So again, go check that out. Uh, it's free to enter and we're just going to give some stuff away from now until the end of this pandemic. So we will be back later in the week with Chad Weiberg and hopefully one of the guests.